What do Americans actually know about intellectual property? Have you ever wished that you could conduct a nationwide survey to find out? Well, you're in luck because we're joined today by Elizabeth Doherty, Eastern Regional Outreach Director of the USPTO, along with Michael Waring of Waring Federal Strategies to discuss the fascinating results of their IP awareness survey conducted by the US IP Alliance. All this and more on today's episode of Stuff You Should Know About IP. Stuff You Should Know About IP is the only randomized control trial, quadruple blind, peer-reviewed podcast about intellectual property on the internet. If you enjoy listening to us muse about IP and to my attempts at puffery, don't forget to click the like button, share with a colleague, and leave a comment wherever you're listening. Today's episode of Stuff You Should Know About IP is brought to you by The Patent Lawyer Magazine. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on in the world of IP and patents, go to www.patentlawyermagazine.com. Each issue is free to read for up to eight weeks. That's www.patentlawyermagazine.com for global news in the world of patents. Okay, Tom, Elizabeth, Mike, let's dig into this study because I am excited to share this with our audience. This topic is near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, yeah, I mean, think about how near and dear it is to our hearts, right? We are in the corporate training business for intellectual property fundamentals. I mean, this is our life, wouldn't you say? Agreed. And what what I love about this survey, and I can't wait to hear the results. I skimmed them a little bit ahead just because I could not wait. It's kind of like peeking at your Christmas presents the night before, but maybe Christmas presents are a little better, but this was close. So the reason I love this is because I have been talking to people who you would think know a lot about intellectual property for years. I mean, I had a VP of marketing, VP of marketing once say to me, is it possible to get a patent on this trademark? That was an actual question. You know, I had a a VP of R&D once say to me, I think our competitors are infringing this drawing. Okay, that person, by the way, had like 12 patents to his name. So I'm really anxious to hear about this survey where I think you polled like a thousand people or surveyed a thousand people on IP fundamentals. So Elizabeth, I think you were gonna kind of lead us off and tell us what's going on here. Fantastic, and thank you for the opportunity to do so. It is a pleasure to be on with both of you, your audience, and my co-chair in the US IPA uh, IP Awareness Committee. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with the US IP Alliance, uh, it is a relatively new organization. We like to say we are the network of networks. Uh, We have an outstanding board that represents uh, IP professionals, IP organizations from across the nation with the idea and the intended purpose of helping to bring uh, ideas from head to hands to help uh, every citizen, every individual in both our nation and the world to better be able to appreciate, understand, and make use of intellectual property. Sold. I'm totally sold from that. (laughs) I love that. I love the head to hands, right? Trademarked. Brilliant. Was that your idea? (laughs) No, that was actually, it actually came out of the, the organization itself, which is led by Scott Frank 
a talented and gifted individual who works for AT&T Intellectual Property by day and dreams up big things in the world of intellectual property by night. Uh, he helped to stand up the Georgia Intellectual Property Alliance, which then grew into the USIP Alliance. And there now, in fact, is a global intellectual property alliance. They're also standing up state alliances across the nation. So for your audience that's tuning in from across the nation and across the globe, they too can get involved in their state, in their country. Um, find us on online at USIPA, the US Intellectual Property Alliance. There's now also a, a webpage for the Global Intellectual Property Alliance as well. But I know we're here today to focus on the results of this remarkable survey. And we in fact think it is the first survey of its kind. Um, there was previously a survey done by uh, in the United Kingdom, Kingdom uh, of perceptions and appreciation of intellectual property, but it focused on uh, participants that were IP professionals and businesses. So we think that, that the, the metrics and the information that was deciphered in that uh, survey was a little bit different than the work that we've done. So our survey, uh, conducted by the US Intellectual Property Alliance, was actually done um, uh, of, of citizens, of, of average individuals from across the nation. Yeah, how did you uh, get them? How did you pick the people who would be uh, the lucky ones? Because I well, I never got that phone call, by the way. <laughs> I, I heard about it. I was waiting for like hours. I was like Glenn Close in that one movie. I can't remember the name. But anyway, I never got the call. So how did people get in this? Well, we used a reputable survey organization, one that has uh, a lot of experience in conducting surveys, particularly in the political arena. So they had all of the means and abilities and tools to reach out across the nation to a structured representative sampling uh, of diverse gender, age, and race. Uh, we selected respondents from the US general population, ages 18 and over, again, from a representative sampling. So there was no uh, intended purpose of seeking just our IP professionals. We, in fact, wanted the general population because we truly wanted to test and to ascertain what uh, the general uh, understanding and appreciation of intellectual property was. So it the was findings- was race and gender though, right? Wasn't it also income? I think I saw an income line in indeed. that. Indeed, indeed. So you had diversity of also income, which I think, and also civic engagement. True, uh, and what? with respect to individuals, parties, and education as well. So yes. if one visits the USIPA uh, webpage, you can find the results of the survey because maybe you have an interest in slicing and dicing the information even down to a more uh, minute level than we're gonna present here today. Because I know Mike and I in our conversation with you today are just gonna scratch the surface of some of the findings. Um, but we do know that this is just the start. Um, our hope is that through some of the work of the wonderful organizations that are part of the USIPA, as well as the work of the USIPA itself, that over time, we're going to change these results, that we are going to be able to see an impact with people having uh, you know, a better understanding and appreciation of intellectual property. So this Amen. was really creating a baseline, a baseline of awareness, and a baseline of attitudes towards intellectual property in the US. So I'm gonna turn to my colleague, Mike, to start telling you about some of the results that we found. Yeah, thanks Elizabeth, and thanks Ray and Tom for having us on today. Um, 
you know, I think uh, as we look at the slides, we have just four real quick slides that kind of summarize the kind of the highlights of what we were trying to look at is what do people generally know about patents and trademarks and copyrights? Uh, what do they think about them in a general way? And then uh, what, are there other conclusions we can draw? And what is the impact on society? So uh, here's one example of a slide that shows that the impact here uh, is generally fairly favorable, that people thought it was definitely 52% uh, of the audience, for example, thought that the ability to get a patent to protect their idea was definitely positive, and 26% thought it was more positive than negative. Uh, same thing with logos and trademarks, uh, authors getting a copyright, uh, the ability of comp companies to keep their processes uh, perhaps secret and a trade secret. All of those things had very positive feelings. So as, as we look at what the average person might know about uh, these issues that make up IP, we see a generally positive, a more positive and negative view of them. But we're going to find out more as we dig into how much they actually really know about these things. Let's look at the next slide here, Ray. And we'll look at the familiarity. So people are sort of familiar somewhat with these topics. They've heard of copyrights. They've heard of trademarks. Uh, not so many heard about trade secrets. Uh, they have some experience with them. Uh, others didn't really have a lot of familiarity with them, but no experience with them. So you can see that there's people are generally familiar with these terms and maybe what they mean, but they're not really uh, as familiar as you think they might be. They're aware of them, but they don't have a lot of experience with them. Next slide. Um, oops, should be hmm. before there. Let's Let me see. go. There Hold you on go. One second. For some reason, this one does not want, uh, let's see, this is one, two, three, yeah, maybe, this is the maybe, fourth slide, right? Uh, yeah, I think we maybe we started with the, the, the third and fourth ones, and that's why we went black we there. Oh, the first uh, one. Yes. Okay, which one is, which one is the, the slide you want to look at next? Well, the first, let's go to the first one. Let's go to the very top one here. Understand. Understand. Yeah. There we go. Okay. This should be the first. Okay. Do you want to take that back? Because we can edit this. That's fine. I, let me just, why don't I just start as if we, we, we've changed slides and we can, maybe you guys can get around this. Yeah. There you go. There we go. So here's a slide, for example, that talks about the understanding where people think they have an understanding of, of, of what these different things are. And you see that over half of the people believe that they know, 66% believe they know what a copyright is. Uh, trademarks, uh, 65%, patents, 63%. A lot fewer know what trade secrets are. Frankly, that's kind of a, a catchphrase that most people would never use in their day-to-day -day lives, a, a trade secret, which is sort of like how Coca-Cola makes its Coca-Cola syrup. That's a trade secret they don't share with people. It's not copyrighted or trademarked. So those are the kind of things. So generally, people have a general understanding of what these terms mean. They think they understand what they mean. If you look at the next slide, though, but I yeah. think, you know, before we jump to this next slide, Mike, I think this slide uh, represents exactly what Tom was talking about, how uh, you can end up talking with somebody who has a surface level appreciation of what intellectual property is, but yet will ask you, can I patent my trademark? Can yes. I get a copyright on my patent? I, I think that's really inherent in the data that's being presented in this slide. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I know there's another there's another slide too. I think that we'll also get into this a bit more in depth because I know that they were given they were given some and they were asked about giving some examples. Uh, how could they could they give an example of the differences in the three and the four different kinds of things here? And you can see that 21 percent could give an example of a copyright of a patent, twenty one percent of a copyright, uh, seventeen percent. But look at this: seventy percent of the people 
who thought they sort of knew a little bit about this couldn't give a single example of the differences when, it, when, it, when you ask to get more in detail about it, which I think is really the heart of why USIPA exists in the first place, because I think as we sort of gathered from before, the knowledge base for this whole subject matter is kind of an inch deep and a mile wide. People have heard about these things. They've sort of, they understand that you, you can't go down and just copy a book at the library on a copier machine. They probably know you shouldn't take, uh, you know, music off the internet, even though lots of people do. Uh, and they may or may not know much about patents or trademarks, but they, 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 when you get into specifics, they really don't know much about it at all. So really, this really surprises me. Lie. I'm surprised when I look at trademark, 17%. Are you saying that 17, only 17% 17 could give an example of a trademark? Yeah, I think that's basically sort of it. And, and you asked them, what are some of the protections that trademarks get? They had no ideas. So I think this also shows that while they may know that a trademark thing has, you can't use Coca-Cola's logo without per their permission, they also don't know exactly what that means in the broader context of the economy, yeah. which is really important, I think, because I think what, what people don't understand is that IP drives so much of our economic growth in this country. Uh, it is one of the industries, IP-created uh, products, are an industry that we actually are an exporter of greater than an importer of. Hmm. Uh, think about our movies and our music and our books. Think about our inventions. The United States continues to be the leader in the world in patents. Think about all these other things that are going on. We drive the world economy as a result of our power and strength and intellectual property. And I think the more the public understands that, then the more they appreciate why these distinctions are, are important and why they matter. Yeah, you know, the other thing that, I, that makes me think of this is when the COVID vaccines were, you know, being patented. And in fact, Ray and I did a podcast on yeah. this where the government was trying to, like, seize these patents. And what they it, and these are senior levels of our government. Right. And it's almost like they're ignoring the value of patents. You know, they're ignoring the fact that if you don't have people who can feel protected with the investments they're going to make, they won't make those investments and there would be no vaccines, right? Well, to make that point, there was actually a, a takeaway in one of the other questions where only a third of the respondents believe that inventions that benefit mankind, like the COVID vaccine, should 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 be protected by the by a patent. The majority Wait, only think one third? Only a third of should be. Two thirds said they shouldn't be because it's in the public interest that they not be protected. Of course, that that doesn't take into account the fact that without the IP, they wouldn't have been created in the first place. Exactly. 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 You know, when talking about uh, intellectual property and, uh, you know, people's understanding or, or lack thereof or misunderstanding, it was also interesting to us in the survey to find out where people learn about IP. Now, this is probably not surprising that most people learn about IP uh, through the news media. That's the leading source. But the second leading source, interestingly enough, is high school classes. Uh, and I think specifically hmm. civics classes. Hmm. Wow. So I'm guessing maybe in a conversation <laughs> about the Constitution. Uh, I know. I, I think one of our takeaways here is that we really need to infuse more intellectual property education at all levels, whether that's in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, where people are creating intellectual property yeah, high school physics and the media, the two main sources. Wait, high school civics. Civics? Mm-hmm. You say, yeah. I'm, that really stuns me that high school, yeah. you know, I tried to bring a high school IP class to my kids' high school way back when, 
and it was just met with a resounding thump. You know, there was no interest whatsoever in this. It's why it surprises me that most of the people are, or second most of the people learn about it from high school. So, you know, here are some other quick things that surprised me about the survey. One is that you said a thir only a third of the people knew that patents can be invalidated by, you know, once they've been granted. If I would say, I'm surprised there was a third. If you would have asked me what that number would have been, I would have said 5%, you know, maybe. So I was actually surprised there was that many. And then the other things that surprised me were 44% of the people said that they generally understand trade secrets. Now, when I graduated from law school, I still didn't understand what trade secrets were. In fact, until I litigated my first trade secret, I didn't even really understand really what they were. So I was stunned that 44% understand trade secrets because they're better than I was. And then 66% understand patents, copyrights, and trademarks. Like I said, one of my VPs of R&D asked me if you could infringe a drawing. So. I was I was kind of impressed that so many people understood about these IP forms. Well, I think partly it goes back to that slide we showed earlier, where seventy percent couldn't give any examples. I mean, I think right. the survey people people they don't want to admit that they don't know, so they say they do. But when you ask them to give us specifics, they said, "Well, I can't think of anything." So they were like, You're "Kind of covered, right." I think that's what it was. So yeah, so I agree. That to, makes more they sense. They didn't want to hear dumb to the uh, to the to the questioner about what they do. But when you drill down, they really didn't know much about it. And so they maybe heard the term, but they didn't really know what it meant or an example of what it was. Were these written surveys or oral surveys? Uh, this was done on a computer. This was a computer survey. Okay. I believe, and and the respondents had to respond. They they would type their answers back and forth with the people. But they did a thousand. Did them all in one night, is my understanding. So they collected all those responses at one in one evening. So, wow. but people, if people didn't respond, that's where the seven people couldn't even type in one example of something that they thought was a response to the other question about that. That makes a lot more sense now because I was thinking it was a written survey that they had like two days to do, but this was smart the way they did it. It was back and forth, so they couldn't like Google these things. Right. You know, they didn't have time to go to the <laughs> friend Siri. You know, That's right. For a little powwow. <laughs> no, no, no. Friend, you know? no, there wasn't time for that. Now, these people use, use computer surveys now because, as you all know, nobody answers their phone anymore. So by having a, a group of people that they can reach out to for these kinds of surveys, uh, they, they, have, they, have, they know the kind of people that are going to respond, and they know that they're going to be, uh, you know, a, a representative sample of the group we were trying to, uh, trying to get responses from. Well, you guys gave me a great idea. Well, you didn't give me a great idea, but I got a great idea because of the conference in Atlanta that we were we were at, which is create. So we're in the business of corporate training. We create IP training videos. We should have a training program for all congressional members of Congress because they, above all, should understand the fundamentals of IP, particularly when they are the lawmakers. And there are patent laws that are being made by these people. So I think that would be a good thing. Is, or even if it wasn't mandatory, Ray, you know what I'm thinking is we create a program that politicians can broadcast when they're running for office. Hey, I'm certified for intellectual property fundamentals. Here's my certificate. How about you? You know? Well, we'll have what? to get Mike to help sell it for us. 
Well, I will say, as somebody who used to be a lobbyist in this not too long ago and, and had to explain copyright and some of these issues and, and, and patents to members of Congress and their staffs, uh, if you do too much of that, you take away my old job, which would be, would be, would be, would be <laughs> on my table. But it is a tricky. The key is your old job. It's a tricky. It's a tricky business, and I think uh, even lawyers, uh, as you mentioned uh, earlier, Tom, even lawyers aren't. This is this is this got the, uh, patent law and, and some of these things are pretty granular. They get down into all these little weeds that people don't really understand. It's very complicated, which is why even judges sometimes get these things wrong. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would say that judges, in my experience, they often get these things wrong because they're put into a position to litigate or, or referee patent cases when they have no real patent training. And, you know, I'll give you one example of how IP or uh, lawyers don't understand IP, and that is Ray and I are in the business of delivering corporate training to companies all over the world, and we always divide our training into different markets within the company because everyone has different needs, right? Marketing people need more about trademarks and copyrights, and R&D people need more about patents and trade secrets. But one of the target audiences is almost always non-IP lawyers. So we are being asked to educate on the fundamentals lawyers because they don't know. It's not their thing, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So anyway, so this has been a... Ray, this has been a great session. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for joining. It's really fascinating to look at the results of this study. Um, if there is anyone out there who agrees and is just totally excited now that they have seen the information that Mike and Elizabeth has have presented, please don't forget to leave a comment let us know your thoughts and your opinions what were you surprised by when you looked at these results um, and of course share this with a friend a colleague a family member and we will see you next time on another episode of stuff you should know about ip